Our scripture reading today is Psalm chapter 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him, and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. The poor soul cried, and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord, which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord rescues them from them all. He keeps all their bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Welcome to Western Park Baptist Church this first Sunday of the month of August. Also a long weekend here uh, in Canada, if you're from abroad. So we have a few days to rest and relax, hopefully, and enjoy the summer climate. So uh, I hope we enjoy together. Anne Lamott has the statement I've used a few times that there are two types of prayer. First prayer is help me, help me, help me. Second is to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And the psalm that we looked at last week, Psalm 25, essentially was a prayer for help. Help me, help me, help me. And then this psalm, Psalm 34, that we're looking at today is thank you, thank you, thank you. So there are two psalms that speak to both ends of this prayer paradigm of help me and thank you. And I say that because both psalms are acrostic psalms. That is, they follow the Hebrew alphabet. Each verse is a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet beginning to end. And indeed, some have suggested that perhaps the composer of these two psalms was the same person. But they definitely fall into this camp of help me, Lord, and thank you, Lord. And so if you have time, you might go back and and look at Psalm 25 and think of it in terms of a prayer for asking for God's refuge and strength, and then follow that by looking at this Psalm 34 in terms of 
praising God for his goodness and his um, working in our lives to help us with the issues that we face. So let's read a little bit as we begin. It falls into three uh, sections, section of praise, then a section of testimony, telling the folks how God has worked in their behalf, and then finally a wisdom piece uh, on seeking God's direction and wisdom. So three parts of the psalm. So the first part, a praise piece. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So verses one through three, a statement of praise, adoration, worship. And you notice how it begins with the statement, I will bless the Lord at all times, verse one. I find that interesting. It, it causes me to pause right away because it's, it's one thing to bless the Lord periodically. You know, when something is really good going on in your life, then you bless, you praise God. But the psalmist is very focused here and is reminding us to bless the Lord always. Similar to 1 Thessalonians 5.18, of to give thanks to God continually. So bless is a di an idea in the, in the Hebrew f of both ways. We bless God and God blesses us. It's a circle of praise. We bless him for who he is, how good he is but he also blesses us as his children. So blessing goes two ways. And so we are invited to praise the Lord, to bless him in spite of what's going on in our lives in the moment, but to continually to lift up our eyes and to praise him. And in fact, he says, the, the, the psalmist, verse two, that we are to boast not in ourselves, but to continue to boast in God. So that reminds me of Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah says, do not let the wise boast in their wisdom. Do not let the mighty boast in their might. Do not let the wealthy boast in their wealth. But let those who boast boast in this, that they understand and know me that I am the Lord. I act with steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, says the Lord. So if we're going to boast, then let's boast in God. We are the humble ones. We looked at that last week. We are the Anoim, the poor, the earth. Mary, the mother of Christ, in her Magnificat, lifts up her humble heart on behalf of all those who are humble, who are poor. Look to God. No matter how strong we are, no matter how strong we may feel, you know, we may have it all going for ourselves or in those years of real strength and we can get caught up in that and say well I am strong but we are reminded through the psalmist to give praise and to remember that we are creature before the creator and to boast in him and him alone and then we do that and express that the psalmist says together note verse 3 O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together through this pandemic, we haven't been able to gather a whole lot together, hardly ever. I mean, last week we had an outdoor service, but, but the pandemic has isolated us. And that makes it a challenge for praise because praise is essentially a corporate act, and it's a public act. We do it together, and we do it in the open. That's praise. 
And so here the psalmist is saying, let us do that. Let us praise God together. And so we're invited to praise him. We're looking forward to the fall and September to be able to get together as a congregation, as a community of faith each week. And, and one of the big things of that in terms of a change will be the fact that we can gather together and praise God. That's what the psalmist is doing here. So verses 1 to 3, before he or she gets to their testimony of praise, testimony of witness, begins with the statement of let's praise God. Let's remember who we are. Let's remember that God is a good God all the time for us. He's good and he's good all the time. And we're invited to continue to look to him, even when times are challenging. Psalmists will recognize that. It's not always good times in ourselves, but we're still invited to praise. So praise, we begin. Then move on, verse 4 to 5, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. I sought the Lord and he answered me. It's call and response. It's coming to God who continually comes towards us. It's, it's real interaction with God. You, you might ask yourself, well, why do, I, why do I even believe in God? I mean, is God simply a theory, an idea? I mean, why do I believe in God? Why do you believe in God? And for the psalmist, it comes right down to experience. I praise God because I experience God. God is not just an idea, but I am in conversation with him. I know him as my creator. I am creature. I experience this. And so our fundamental purpose and reason for following God and knowing Christ is experience. So someone can come and ask you, well, why do you do that? How, how, I'm, I'm happy for you. You can believe in God. Well, I can't believe in God. Well, it, it comes down to experience. We open our hearts to him and trust in him experientially. So the psalmist says. So it's call and answer. Look to him and be radiant. See what I mean? Look to him and be encouraged. Look to him and, and indeed even know joy. Look to him and be radiant so your faces shall never be ashamed. Moses comes down from the mountaintop and his face glows, his head glows. A halo about him. Radiance because we have met with God and know him, experience him. God is there for us. We experience him. And then that leads us to verse 8, which is a key piece of, of the psalmist's testimony. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So when the psalmist says taste, he's hitting on that issue of experience. Taste. Someone gives you an apple and you take a bite of that apple, you taste it. You draw it into yourself, all the sweetness of that apple. Or you put a little bit of honey on it, it's even sweeter. You take it in. 
Animals will check things out by their, with their nose, but also with their tongue. They'll check things out. And so when the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good, he's again not talking about an idea, not just a head thing. He's talking about our hearts. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Draw God into yourself. Know his experience. Experience presence to presence. Know him within you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So the psalmist says. And so we are invited to do that. I find it interesting in uh, Peter. Peter takes up, he he picks up on this text and and listen to what he says, 1 Peter 2, 2, 3. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Drink deeply like a baby with mother. That's, That's the idea. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's it's the same piece. It's taken from Psalm 34. So a little child with its mom, the little baby's drinking from the mother's breast. How how intimate is that? And And the psalmist and Peter say that's how we are to feed on God. We are to feed on Jesus. It's to stay close to him. So to keep feeding, to keep drinking, to keep tasting, And so we have spiritual senses, if you like. We have five human senses. And one of them is to taste. And when we taste, we taste God. So Ezekiel says at one point, the Lord says to him, Ezekiel, take up the scroll, which is the word of God. Take it up and eat it. Eat it and taste it. Ezekiel chapter 3. And so tasting in terms of a spiritual sense, has to do with taking the presence of God in, and we do that primarily through his word. He gives us his word, and we are to eat it, we are to taste it, and when we do that, we feed on it. And we're to do it continually, like a baby with its mom. To feed on God's word. If we want to grow in Christ, it's it's absolutely the best thing we can do is to take the Bible, seriously, take the Bible and actually engage it and read it. You know, in a variety of traditions, the the person hardly ever actually opens the Bible for themselves. It's somebody else who will open it and talk about it. Or you'll do other liturgical acts. But to actually take up the Bible yourself and read it and engage it, and to be taught by it. I mean, this is, this is one of the great theological truths of the Protestant Reformation. You take the Bible up. You read it. You drink it in. And then as we do that, we grow in our relationship with God. So it's tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Psalmist says it. Peter picks it up, says the same thing. Moses is told to hide behind the rock and God will pass in front of him. And what do we hear? We see that Moses praises God for his goodness. So God is a good God and he's a good God all the time. Whether you're in good times or hard times, God remains good all the time. 
We're invited to see that goodness in spite of the challenges up and down, the exigencies of life. We all experience them, but God remains good. The challenge we face, and we always face this, is that we think there is goodness beyond God. We think that there's some goodness that lies outside of God's will. And that's what I want to experience. I don't actually trust that all God's goodness is there for me. I think that something else might be good. So then you try and I try and we taste whatever that might be. And it's outside of God's will. And we think it'll be good. You know, it's the same thing that happened in the garden, is it not? Adam and Eve, Genesis 3. They've been told you can eat of everything in, the, in the, the garden, but just don't eat of this one tree and this fruit. And what happens? Well, the deceiver comes along, shown as a serpent. And the serpent says, God has told you not to eat of that fruit, but you know what? That's just the big story. If you eat of that fruit, you're going to learn some things that are really phenomenal, and that will be the best for you. And what happens? Adam and Eve, they're taken in by this, and then they taste. They eat what they should not. They believe that lie. And we often do the very same thing. That story didn't work out so well for Adam and Eve in many ways. And when we do things beyond God's will, it won't really work out for us either. There'll be a lot of bumps as a result of that. So will we actually indeed trust that the Lord is good, to depend on the Lord who is good? Taste and see that the Lord is good. This summer, 2021, August 1st, will we trust and see that the Lord is good? Trust and taste that the Lord is good. Wherever you are, take up that word and and look at it and read it and draw it in. Not always something else, but actually take up the scroll and allow God's Spirit to speak through that for you and for me. It'll be good for us. We'll learn through that. We move on. We think in terms of praise. We think in terms of taste and see the Lord is good. That's testimony. That's where the psalmist is saying to the congregation, hey, I I want you to be reminded here, folks, that we are to continue to look to God. We're calling this sermon, you know, to to learn something we already know. Well, you already have heard this story a million times. Praise God together and taste him and see his goodness. So you've heard that a million times. But the the, the challenge is, is that we're to receive that. Because you can know something in your head and not receive it in your heart. Or you can put up barriers so you're not actually receiving it. We're not yielding to what we already know. So this word is not a word you've never heard before, but it's a word that we're invited to yield to. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You as creature, to the creator, to the God of the universe, the God of the Milky Way, we have an invitation to know him, to trust in him, learn from him, 
It's a word of testimony. And then the psalmist ends with a word of wisdom. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord, verse 11. Which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, pursue it. This is wisdom literature. This is like Proverbs, like Ecclesiastes. And the invitation after this word of testimony, verses 4 through 10, is to listen to God and know the fear of the Lord. And remember, fear has nothing to do with anxiety. Fear in the Old Testament, a fear of the Lord, is to listen, to respect, to adore, to come into relationship with Yahweh. Listen and enter into the fear of the Lord. Receive this as part of your life. Fear. And then to be open to whatever that teaching might be. And here we see it in in a freedom from something and a freedom for something. Verse 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. If you want to live a happy life, a beatitude, depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. That's pretty basic. If we do that, we will know more of his presence and more of his joy, happiness, beatitude, blessed are. The Beatitudes, Matthew 5. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. That's part of the relationship of knowing God and walking in God, hearing his voice, saying yes to him. So in your life right now, what what does that mean? Depart from evil. Where do you need to hear that? Where do you need to hear, depart from evil? And then the other side is to seek good, pursue peace. Where do you, where do I, where where do we need to seek peace? It's a freedom from, and it's a freedom for. Can I engage that reality? It's interesting in 1 Peter chapter 3, this whole unit is repeated. You can look at it. And it's talked about in terms of the community of faith. Freedom from and freedom for. Don't create problems for everybody. Don't don't try to bump up against everybody. You read it, 1 Peter 3 but to seek peace and pursue it. That's it. God watches over us. He loves us. We'll just look at that, 1 Peter 3. See where it says, those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That's an exact text from Psalm 34. And it's all in the context of this. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, 
sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called that you might inherit a blessing. And then it goes into this text from Peter. So he's talking about the relationships within the community of faith. So this is who we are to be, to be a people that are seeking to walk together in unity and faith and witness to the world around us about God's goodness. That's our invitation. Good word for us to hear. Go back to Psalm 34. One last point. Verse 19 We're to do all of that, receive God's wisdom, know him, but note 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord rescues them from them all. He keeps all their bones. Not one of them will be broken. He is good to us. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. All of that is saying There are going to be challenges. We're going to have difficulties, but the Lord continues to speak his wisdom to us. So amidst the challenges, we're to give praise to God. In the midst of challenges, we are to give our word of witness, taste and see that the Lord is good. And amidst the challenges, we are to receive the Lord's wisdom in our lives so that we don't boast about everything else that's going on in our lives and forget to boast on God. It's not about boasting in in wisdom or money or power, Jeremiah says, but it is to boast. If you're going to boast, boast in who you are in God, creator to creature. That's what we boast in. That's the invitation of this psalm. So it's a psalm of thank you, God, for working in my life, even as I experience all the stuff, all the challenges of living, a human in flesh, On this rock of a planet, water planet, there are lots of challenges. But we're invited to keep our eyes on God and to know him and experience him. St. Columba was an Irish saint, 6th century. And amongst other things, Columba founded the monasteries on the island of Iona. And he, um, with other monks, created this safe place on Ireland away from the destruction of the Roman Empire and the falling of the Roman Empire, a place where there was more or less safety and security. And they, they lived and they developed a prayerful walk with God and, amongst other things, did a lot of transcribing of older books wonderful books so they would be preserved and not burnt in that chaotic time. And it's interesting, Columba was at the end of his life and he was working on some transcription. He was transcribing actually this psalm. And he comes to the end of verse 10. The young lions suffer want and hunger, meaning the lions, even when they are super strong and young, powerful, even they have their need. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Columba wrote that down, 
And then he put his pen down and he said, that's it. I'm not writing anymore. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Someone else is going to have to pick up the pen and finish the psalm and carry on and do more transcribing. I'm done. And so it's a word of living in close proximity to God. Stay close to the heat. Experience his fire. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And so I encourage you on this long weekend to keep looking to God. Keep tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and he indeed will meet all of your needs. Will lead my needs. Will meet the needs of our faith community going forward. Keep tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. In Christ's name, amen.